So, John, great to have you on the on the podcast. Um, really excited to to learn a little bit more about what you guys have been doing. Um, and I guess we should start with a bit of a background. So, can you can you tell our listeners more about about your your role, your organization, and and what you've been doing? Sure. So, uh, I'm probably one of the rare people that started out my career with an IT uh, degree, and I went into IT and never went anywhere else. So, um, but I enjoy this technology. And uh, I started out as a programmer many years ago, worked my way up to managing teams and then managing application development groups, and then ultimately uh, getting to the C-level and managing entire IT departments. Um, So right now I'm with a real estate company for the last three years. And prior to that, I was with another real estate company for 13 years. So I got probably close to 17 years of IT in residential real estate. And at first, um, coming from a typical business environment where everything was controlled, you know, all the PCs were standardized, they were all employees, it was pretty easy to manage. You know, you made a decision and it just went through the organization. Um, But in real estate, most of our users are agents who are independent contractors. So they are bringing in whatever technology they like and, you know, loading software on their computers, bringing in different uh, mobile devices. So when people ask me, what's it like being a CIO for a real estate company? It's pretty much like supporting all your relatives because everyone comes in with a different need a different story, whether it's their kid's laptop that they wondered if they could still use to do business. And, um, and of course, security and everything that goes along with that just makes things just, you know, exponentially more complicated when you don't have control. And I guess they, they are a group of users in a bit of a pressured environment, right? So real estate is kind of sales and a lot of what they're going to be doing is contracts. So they bring that stress straight to IT. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially now in this market, it's crazy. We're seeing lots of multiple offers and agents have to move quickly. So and when you're signing contracts, there are certain dates. What they they, the exact term is time is of the essence, which when you have a contract and there's a date in there, it means inspections need to be done on a certain date. And checks have to be written and deposited on a certain date. So it's, it's very driven by the calendar. And if they can't do something because technology is slowing them down, uh, my phone rings off the hook. And so it's one of those things that we're, we're linked at the hip. When technology doesn't work, they, they come straight to me and my team. So tell me a bit more about Intercoaster Realty. Um, like how, how big, how many users are we talking about? How many, how many sites do you guys have? We have 10 offices, uh, hundred employees, about 600 realtors and agents. And we're in Wilmington, North Carolina. Our footprint's kind of small. It's probably about 30 to 40 mile radius. We go, we're familiar with the area about as North as Topsail and as far South as Ocean Isle beach. But um, it's mostly coastal real estate that we're selling. We, we're just on every beach where we're selling real estate. 
it sounds like you're you're kind of selling the the dream, right? Like coastal homes and people wanting to get away. Most definitely, we there's a lot of second home um, purchases, and with COVID, the relocation has been surprising as well. We found people coming from all across the country, you know, from California to New York, New Jersey, and we, we've always been a place for people to retire and relocate, but. Uh, now that people can work from anywhere, they said, "Why not go to the beach and work there?" And, you know, for sure. I guess it's gonna it's gonna stay busy for you guys. Um, so, so help me think about your your offices, and and of course, I'm I'm in a printing space. Help me think about print. So, how many offices are we talking about? How many printers? What kind of kind of volumes are we talking? We have eighteen printers that are using the Everyone Print software, and. Uh, that's spread across 10 offices. And we print, we started the rollout in September. So we've been doing this for about nine months now, I guess. And we have about 50% of our agents using it on a monthly basis. So somewhere around 350 unique users printing each month, uh, about 100,000 print jobs we've had to date and over a half a million uh, printouts. So to give you an idea of how frequently we print and how many people are printing. Yeah, I, I think that the idea of scale will be useful to the listeners to, to think about the the size of this business and, and some of the complexities you've got. So, so maybe you could talk a little bit more about IT um, and how IT fits into the kind of overall, overall structure of what you guys are doing and, and how the that the users perceive the service they're supposed to be getting from you? Well, not to harp too much on real estate, but one of the areas that we have to really focus on is security because security or transactions that go through our email systems are high dollar transactions with people that usually know each other for a short period of time, whether it's your loan officer, your title company, uh, the attorneys, and you know, with all the different uh, phishing schemes that are out there, we're constantly educating our users and our agents, you know, what to be on the lookout for, from you know, scam texting to emails to you name it. And we monitor their email accounts. That if they do get hacked, we immediately shut it down and you know, give them a call, let them know that their account's been compromised. And then we kind of scrub the account to see, you know, if there's been any malicious uh, emails sent out on their behalf. So that keeps us pretty busy, along with just the daily helping them out with their hardware, their software, whatever it is that they're needing to get the job done. And we're a pretty hands-on organization. You know, we we let them come in to our office. We'll sit down with them, um, and you know try to educate them so that way they leave smarter and they're able to maybe be a little bit more self-sufficient the next go around. And so that level of security for you, that's like a, a daily living, breathing problem that, that's coming up on a like daily or weekly basis? or On a daily basis, yeah. People will, have, you know, and they, we've trained them well enough that if something looks suspicious, they'll shoot it over to us and we'll say, yeah, and we'll tell them why it's suspicious. Take a look at the email address or you know, whatever the the signs are. So that way they realize, oh, next time that's what I need to look for. You know, they may say, I got this 
facts and I'm not sure if it's legitimate. Well, the first question is, were you expecting a fax from that person? Well, not really. It's like, well, that's your first sign, you know? <laughs> um, so things like that. It's a pretty intense, um, intense kind of space for security because I, I tend to think of security about being big corporate transactions or or corporate data, but mm-hmm. actually, when I'm thinking about buying a home, it's it's kind of my hopes and my dreams, and so your the, the security that you have to protect is really really key, key personal funds for for your users. Yeah, and all of our systems are secure. Most of them are in, in the cloud, you know, hosted by companies that you know are are well trained in security. And as we tell everybody, your biggest um, blind spot is the password to your email account, and that's where it starts. And you got to make sure that your emails are secure, your email accounts are secure, because once they get in there, the hackers they see pretty much what's going on in your life. And realtors are very public figures, so they see you know, where they live, what houses they have listed. There's a lot of knowledge that someone can glean about an agent, um, good or bad. And you know, that's, that's what we educate them, that you, you may not think anyone's looking to crack your email account, but they see you have a million dollar house listed and it goes under contract. They may want to have some action in that. Mm. <laughs> Do some and, and so uh, you, uh, send an email to say your new routing number is this, you know, so. Yeah. And so you describe that you've got most of your services running in the cloud and, and the cloud is effectively the using those cloud suppliers as part of your security plan. When did you guys move from we need to have everything on premise and we need to, to use our own security and our own data center kind of approach to a cloud first approach? Well, at the previous realtor real estate company that I worked at, we had a lot of hardware. We had virtualized our server environment and it because it had evolved over time. Fortunately, here at Intracoastal, when I got here, they did not have much of a data center. We had some Windows servers and that was it. Everything was already starting to be hosted in the cloud from our you know, O365 and e-signature applications, et cetera. So we have a, a small data center and being on the coast with hurricanes and other severe weather, we don't really want to have a lot invested where we are. We'd rather have it uh, in the cloud. So I guess the bottom line is that we, I was fortunate coming into an operation that did not, um, that did not invest a lot and felt committed to keep running those servers until they, <laughs> until they uh, died. And so as you think about print, at what point was it that you decided print needs to be a service that goes into the cloud as well? I need to get rid of that from, from on-prem. The, what drove me to really look at how we were doing printing was the effort it took to put in print drivers for every agent that joined our organization and then to maintain that as we rolled out different copiers. We would have to put new print drivers on there and people would go to different offices. And like I said, we have 10 different offices. And well, let me back up. So when someone joins our organization, they're assigned an office, but because they're realtors and they travel around, they could be selling in different parts. So they may pop in in our downtown office one day, and then they may be on our Wrightsville Beach office the next. And if they didn't have the drivers, they couldn't print using their laptop. And it just became 
cumbersome. And we they would call us up, we'd remote in, we'd load the drivers. So I would say our requirement was we needed a solution that we didn't have to keep loading drivers all the time and spend a lot of effort. We also needed it to work so that they could go to any location and print, copy, scan, and be that same experience regardless of the type of machine that was there. So I would say the, the need to get efficient and as our company grew, you know, when I got here, we were about 400 realtors. Now we're over 600 and we continue to, to keep growing. It's gonna to get to the point where we couldn't, we'd spend all day, you know, loading drivers and managing the print environment. So, and that's so that was a task. That was a task that fell squarely on the help desk, was it? So setting up users with like a new user with a new device or a new lap, a new printer or whatever. That would mm-hmm. fall squarely on IT? Yes. And, you know, we talked about it. I'm like, well, why don't we just load all the print drivers on the laptop? And they said, well, you know, Windows wasn't built to have so many print drivers loaded in there would slow it down. So even though that would have worked, it wasn't ideal. And then also when we would change out a model of a copier, we'd still have to go back and visit everybody that had that copier driver on there and update it. So very labor intensive. So, so tell us a bit more about, about the environment. So you've got effectively this group of users with all kinds of devices, could be Windows, could be Mac, mobiles, laptops, the whole thing. And then your corporate environment presumably is somewhat more standardized or? Yeah, and that's kind of another unique situation here in real estate is that you do have employees that you can manage what browser they're using, what operating system they're running, what model computer. So it's almost like a, a dichotomy. Um, the, un, the Wild West versus the well-standardized uh, corporate environment. Um, so for the corporate folks, we don't really need to worry too much about printing because we don't have to track their printing. Whereas with the agents, they're allotted a certain number of color copies a month. If they go over it, they get billed for it. So it's important for us to track what they're what they're printing and bill accurately. But staff, they can print and we discharge it to that department. And so you end up kind of with, with two distinct use cases in terms of the way that your users are using print and the, the service that IT has to provide, right? You end up with these internal users doing what I guess I'd call normal office printing. And then this this band of salespeople who are who are who need this special service and everything's time and money sensitive, right? Yeah. And so when you look at a sales office, we'll have a few employees out there, you know, the manager and admin. And so them being staff, they still use everyone print and print to the copier, but obviously we don't, their allocation for prints is unlimited. Um, and then when you get to our corporate office, we don't use it here because it's you know, nothing needs to be tracked. And so if I think away from cloud print a second and, and think about print in general, how, how are you procuring print? What's the strategy for you in that, in that space? Say that again. So, so as I think away from cloud printing, how, how is it that you guys are procuring print? So what's, uh, are you buying an MPS service where everything is fully managed or are you guys still taking care of a lot of the printing stuff yourselves? Uh, we have a vendor who manages the fleet. So 
again, I don't want to harp on how real estate is time dependent, but if someone's trying to print a contract, um, they need that contract. And if the printer is jammed up, we need somebody to get out there and service it and get them back up and running. So we will work with a local vendor that we buy the copiers from, they service them. And then as they age out, we need new ones, you know, we'll refresh the fleet. I, I think whilst it, whilst it's, it's, I think you're right to say, I don't want to harp on about it. I actually think that the, the story that you guys have and the uniqueness of your industry is going to be the thing that, that probably drives a lot of listeners here because mm-hmm. you are, you're absolutely time dependent. You're under pressure. You've got a, a workforce with all kinds of devices. You've got very little under your control. And so thinking about a print strategy and, and thinking about how IT can dictate something, you're, you're kind of trying to dictate order to this disordered scenario. And you're trying to deliver a service to this hyper-pressured environment. And you're trying to deliver security to an environment with with just security risks left, right, and center. And, and like I said, ultimately, people's people's personal finances at the end of it. So it's it's a really unique challenge, I think, and and I think he, an interesting angle for for people managing normal office printing to think about the way that you guys have addressed it. Yeah, and when you when we say security, you made me think of how with everyone print we're able to secure those printouts. Meaning, with whole print, an agent can send a document to the cloud, walk up to any copier, and release that job. And in some of our bigger offices, we may have agents that are competing for the same listing. And if they were to look at an offer that's sitting on the printer and be like, oh, so that's what Sally's offering for that house. We'll go $5,000 more. So we win it. They need to uh, be able to know that nobody is looking at their contracts and their offers. And Pullprint does a, a great job so that they know that it's not going to sit on the copier for other prying eyes to see. And that was something that we didn't have in the past. It was, you printed, you you got your exercise, you ran over to the copier and grabbed it before anybody else can see it. So now they can print from, you know, at home even to the cloud, come, come into the office and release those jobs and know that nobody has seen it. And so how does the authentication side of that work? If Are all the users part of some standardized Active Directory type system or are they authenticating in different ways? How, how does that work for you? We do have Active Directory here, but we really just leverage the everyone print uh, security. So as new people come on board, we issue them a pin code and that pin is their login to the copier. So they will... Re- go put their, what they call the short ID, put that in there, hit login, and then they'll be presented with all the jobs that are waiting for them to release. And that's how we do security. And then of course, uh, if they were to get on one of our kiosk machines, because we do offer the ability to sit on a company owned computer, it will prompt them to log in with their username and the pin code. And then for the duration of that session, everything they print goes, you know, gets assigned to them. And even if they do a pull print, it will be sitting on the pull print list queue for, for them when they get to the copier. So everything is driven by the, the everyone print user password uh, security. 
And and so if I think about the help desk and the relationship that the help desk has with the users, have you seen a dramatic change over the past? I mean, you talked about, I think, nine months of implementation. Have you seen a big, a big shift in terms of what your users are talking to the help desk about? Well, I'll say that now when it comes to getting them set up to print, our conversations are more about how everyone print works versus telling them, you know, loading all those drivers on their, on their computer. So we explain to them the pull print aspect of secure printing will also, uh, if they feel they want to have it on their phone, which the majority of them do, uh, have them load the everyone print app on their phone and then explain to them how they can pull up documents on their phone and securely print to any printer in the company uh, using their mobile device. And that was, that was a big win for us. I knew it was going to be popular, but I did not realize how many people, I mean, I, I didn't even get the words out of my mouth about that you can print from your phone. And they were like, how? That's it, how? Would show me how? And they handed over their phone immediately. Um, so um, that that was definitely a uh, a huge win for for the rollout. So, so I guess as part of the overall strategy, you're, you're bringing everything in line in the same place. So whether it's a mobile, a tablet, uh, a laptop, whether it's Mac, PC, they all more or less follow the same print workflow. They're all more or less, at least for the agents, they're all, all printing in the same way. Yep. yep. The only thing that's different and that we explain to them is because we've set it up to be location aware, uh, we tell them that when you walk into any of our offices and connect up to the Wi-Fi, you're only going to see those printers that are available in that physical office. So as they move from office to office, they'll see the different uh, printer names there, which is great because with over 18 printers, there's a lot to scroll through. And that's, yeah, that's again, trying to keep things simple so that they don't get tripped up and send something to another office and then wish that they never did <laughs> or curse so, us now, I should say. I, I'm, I'm going to need to write you up as a case study, John. Um, you're, I, I honestly, I hadn't expected you to be connecting so many of the dots inside our offering into what you guys do, but actually it's, it's really interesting to hear uh, as a marketer who wants to talk about my, my product and my offering. It's interesting to hear the value points for you and what it actually does for your organization. Mm -hmm. Um, so thinking about the listeners who are out there, I'm wondering if I can push you for like some top tips on running a print environment at this scale or a print environment with this level of user mobility and, and security risk. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would say the one of the things that we needed to think long and hard about was how we were naming the printers. And it seems relatively easy, just give it a name, but we wanted, didn't want the name of the printer to be too long because especially on a mobile device, it kind of cuts it off after probably 10 characters or so. So we had to give designations for each office and then we put what model it was because some offices have multiple models. And then we also did utilize the ability to create a black and white copier name. And I don't know if I'm going to explain this correctly, but with everyone in print, you can create a, like a virtual copier and that virtual copier, you can name it 
whatever you want. It's still the same printer. So the same printer has two different names and we named one black and white and one color because our agents have to pay for color. We wanted to make sure that even if they had a color document to make sure that they didn't have to go and check their settings, they could send it to the black and white color, the black and white printer, and it would immediately convert it to black and white and they wouldn't be charged uh, for a color print. So that was one of those things that though it works really well, it can, can confuse people because we also have another printer called the color printer. And if they don't mark that they're printing color, they'll send a black and white printout to the color copier and not wonder why it didn't print <laughs> color. So we explained to them the black and white was more for their protection that they'll always get black and white when they send to black and white printer. But if they send something to the color printer, they, it may not always come out to be colored depending on their printer settings. So it's, I think it's a subtlety of working with like quite a, quite a large user group and a user group who sort of doesn't care about printing, right? But mm -hmm. actually when it doesn't work, it's the most important thing. And so being able to give them simple naming for things in terms of how, how they should find the service, how they should adopt and, and choose their options, I think is a, is a great tip. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and just explaining how, you know, all the options. And like I said, there are some people who go into the same office every day. They have a desktop computer. They're not mobile. So for them, it's a pretty simple setup. We, we log them in, they stay logged in. And for months and months, they don't even have to think about it. And then you have the, the road warriors that may hit two, three offices in a week and they're printing different things. And it's important for them to understand how our Wi-Fi works, how you got to be connected in order for it to know where you are. And um, so I, I would say we put a lot on our internet to explain how it works, but um, nothing substitutes for a good conversation. And so we touched a little bit earlier on, on the pandemic and some of what's happened in the real estate industry. I, I wonder if you could go a little bit deeper on like what, what happened to you guys back in, I guess it was February, February, March last year when the whole mm -hmm. world suddenly realized that this, this thing was for real. How did that imp influence you guys? And, and I guess you would have been pre-cloud printing at that point. So Yes. Yeah. So the timing couldn't have been better because even though we were still hiring new agents, they weren't coming into the office. So we could direct them to our website and our intranet and have them load the software themselves. We had had the driver or whatever, we had the application already loaded up there. And we did a lot more remote uh, support. Um, very few people came in those first few months. And I think when the dam broke, so to speak, and everyone decided, hey, let's go vacation at the beach because I don't have to go into the office now for the next six months. We saw within a month's time, things just start to get crazy around here. Um, and it was, and it's still crazy. So I would say that the pandemic has caused the, us to, to look at our business and say, let's see, I cut that part out. I don't know what it caused us. So I was just thinking that was going to be a nugget of gold, John. Honestly, the pandemic has caused us to look at our business and think. Yeah. 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 Complete that thought for me. Where were you going? Well, 
I mean, from an IT perspective, the pandemic was more of how how do we how do we can we do everything we need to do without having people physically come here? And um, I guess in the end, having people come in here, it only was needed for if we had to replace a hard drive or we had to, you know, physically do something to their computer. Most everything could be done remotely. So, it, I mean, even my staff worked from home for for several weeks and we made it happen. So you guys are all back in the office now, are you? Yeah. In fact, most of us really never left. You know, it wasn't, wasn't like we shut the doors and we all went home. We were deemed as a essential business here in North Carolina. So we were able to continue to operate. I think it's, I mean, it's really interesting as a, as a challenge to place on an IT team to say, can you do everything remotely? Can you, I can't, I can only imagine how that must have been the first couple of weeks looking into that and going, well, this thing we need to be on site for. Uh, yeah. 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 And cool. I think we, we, we probably didn't cover everything as thoroughly as we should have, but it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as you would think. Uh, and so I guess as we look to, we've got vaccines coming on board now and everyone seems broadly to be getting some control over this thing. Tell me about the future of the organization, the future of IT, and, and I guess the future of print. What, what will it look like for you guys moving forward? What, what else do you want to want to achieve? Well, I think one of the things we're, as we're still a small group, I have a small department here, but we keep adding on more agents, even more employees, is how can we continue to operate this size and not bring on another headcount? And the only answer to that is we have to really have great processes, streamline, automate as much as we can so that when someone comes on board, it's not a 31 or 30 minute or a one hour uh, time requiring an hour's worth of our time, let's see if we can get it down to 15 minutes or down to five minutes. And, you know, we, we are a full service real estate company, which means that we give technical support, marketing support, accounting support. So our agents are designed or are told you just go out and sell. You have an entire back office that's going to take care of you. Um, so we don't want to put too much burden on our agents and say, oh, yeah, you can do all this technology yourself. You don't need to, to reach out mm. to us. But I think they're, for the ones that appreciate it and they're like, oh, I got this. Oh, just tell me where I need to go and download the software. I can do it. We're especially on the younger uh, agents coming in. They, they love the fact that they can do it on their schedule. So if we tell them everything's out there, just got to read a little bit and you'll find what you need then they're good with it. it the, the folks that are not so comfortable with technology, they're the ones that want to sit down with us and, you know, have a good conversation about how yeah, not yeah. they are, you know, so. And, and so I guess as the future of your organization, you, you think multiple years ahead, this continuing investment in cloud and continuing to centralize services will help IT ultimately to achieve that, right? Yes, and being able to, just like, how computers and push out updates. We need the cloud and print cloud environment to be able to push out updates and keep up with with the changes that are out there.
you know, I, I know that everyone prints looking at being able to deploy the client with remotely versus us having to, you know, do it manually. And that would mm -hmm. be a great time saver for us. So looking forward to the, the print world, trying to mimic more the, the PC world as far as keeping things updated and, you know, hopefully not, uh, not breaking anything along the way. We love the, we love the automatic updates, but make sure it's a good update and not a, uh, not one that makes our phones ring. For sure. It's, um, I, I think it's a challenge as a, as a marketing guy to keep up with the speed of innovation on our platform. The, the guys are issuing new updates for the software all the time. We make a monthly release and I can, I can barely catch up with what the releases are to be able to write the marketing materials to tell the world what's being released. So um, I guess from a customer side, that's, that's good to be able to have input on, on what you want, but also to, to see those updates coming through. Mm -hmm. um, John, from my perspective, this has been really good. I, I don't know if there are other sections you want to go back over, but I honestly, I think this is a really, really, really informative, really interesting. Um, and I love some of what you've, what you've come out with. Um, I am going to be clipping bits and pieces, turning them into little I appreciate links. that. I, not all my thoughts were. <laughs> no, but I, I think that's the thing about a, a steady stream of 38 minutes of conversation or something. Mm -hmm. Not every bit's going to be gold, but I think you you maybe don't always realize when you become too conscious of, oh, it's kind of a realty thing and I don't want to overdo it. You've got a very specific set of challenges. And I think if, I, if I'm an organization that's basically got a whole bunch of big offices, actually they're now looking at this return to work and, well, do I... Am I going to have a whole bunch of people who are bringing their own device? Am I going to have a whole bunch of people who are working from home and never see IT again? So mm -hmm. I think some of these perspectives are going to be really useful for, for people listening. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's a really interesting set of challenges that you guys have overcome. Yeah. And one of the things when I see our various sales reps come through here, um, especially on, on the print side, they, they right away want to draw a parallel between the real estate world and the college life, ac academia, because you have all these students coming in with their own devices, jumping on the network. So they see a lot of similarities, but we're still different in the sense that, you know, schools don't have teams where in real estate, we have teams. We have a team leader that has maybe you know, five or six agents that work for them. And as a team, they get an allocation of what they can print. So it's a subtle difference but that different hierarchy of having teams within a corporation uh, can quickly cause a product not to be a, a winner because it doesn't address that. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, we're, we have a, a situation where between having dedicated staff, having agents that are various types, whether they're teams, they're independent agents, and then you have different sales departments within the the company. It all it all gets complicated really quick. So, um, but I I think with everyone print we're able to address all those. I mean, it's been now like I said nine ten months. And when my boss asked me how's it going, he was a bit skeptical at first. He thought you're going to go and you're going to change the way we're going to print. And I said, yeah. I said, I've tested this out. I feel confident about it. And he's like, okay. And it was only just a few weeks ago. He says, how's it going? 
Is it, you know, is everybody happy with it? And I said, printing is done every day, 24 hours a day. If it didn't work, my phone would be blown up. Your phone would be blown up. This thing would be thrown out so quickly. I go, so he goes, yeah, you're right. He goes, but do me a favor, just send out an email and ask anybody, <laughs> ask, the, <laughs> ask the company, you know, did we meet all of our goals? And, and I did, and I got resounding. We love it. It's great. And I think like two people had some issues with it, which I personally, you know, talked to them and we got them working. It was more an issue of their computer than it was the software. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, printing that's is right. not something you mess with in, in real estate or probably in most companies and uh, do it wrong. Because if you do it wrong, you're, you're going to know it. That's awesome. That's um, I, I think that's a nice, nice, uh, nice conclusion. You you were basically in a position where you had prepared for this pandemic in advance of the pandemic. So you you had the foresight. Did, did, how did you make the product selections? Did you go out to tender? Did you contact your vendors and ask them what was available for, for cloud print? How, how did you get to the buying process? I, on from time to time, I would Google to see what's out there. Um, or maybe I would get a, a an email, you know, a solicitation, and it would intrigue me. So I'd do a little bit more digging. And actually, before we picked Everyone Print, there was another vendor who I won't mention, but it had a lot of promise. I was excited about it, and they they sent me. It, it required some hardware, and we're going to have it set up where our agents they all are issued a fob to get in the building. So. I was thinking, well, let's make use of that fob for them to be able to release jobs from the copier. And so we hooked it all up with a scanner and they went, they went up there with their fob, they tapped it, they selected the job they wanted and it printed out. And that all worked great in a small test. But as we did it some more and got a few more people involved in the demo, it became burdensome. They had to always release every job. They go, why can't we just print straight to the printer like we used to? Why do we have to release everything? And there was no solution for that. And I said, well, that's just the way it's designed. And then it was also very slow in printing. It took sometimes 30, 40 seconds before that first page came out. So that was also, again, being so busy, they didn't want to even wait that 30 seconds because they're standing there and they fobbed and they're waiting for it to come out versus when you send a print down the hallway, by the time you get there, it's already printing yeah. out. But if yeah, you yeah. force somebody to stand there, fob, select the job, and then wait 30 seconds. And th so that one we got rid of. And then when I spoke to um, our vendor and told them that that particular um, pilot didn't work, they were just finishing up their testing with everyone print. And they said, well, we'd like you to try this one out. And, and we talked about the requirements. And so everyone print was our, was the second, I wouldn't say the second choice, but it was our second go at finding cloud printing. And we I, wouldn't found, be, I wouldn't be offended at being your second go. No worries. I, I think as long as it's, it's all had a good outcome in the end, that's, that's the main thing, but it's, it's interesting to understand there's kind of a combination of some internet search, a combination of conversations with your vendors as trusted partners, uh, and ultimately putting together a picture of, of this is what we want to go and achieve. D did you have like a set of requirements written out or was it more, guys, I think it's called cloud printing, but I'm not sure. Like, how does that come together? I, I didn't even think of it as cloud printing. I wanted something that was simple 
that would make tracking copies and prints a lot easier than we were doing. I didn't mention this early on, but we would have to, at the end of each month, run the reports of who printed how many copies. And then we had to clear the counters on all of our copiers in order to start to count over again. And we've had a few occasions where they forgot to clear the counters and then we had to do some math to figure out, you know, mm. what rolled over. Um, so that to me was a lot of time spent doing something that should be automated. And I think, again, the, the mobile aspect was always a desire of mine, but just no one was even coming close to doing that. You know, we thought, talked about just putting some Wi-Fi printers that people can walk up with their phones and print, but then we couldn't really track what they were printing. And, you know, we didn't want to, you know, go broke letting people print color all day long for free. Yeah. So it was always like this. We were we, we knew what we wanted, just the solution wasn't there yet until, until you guys figured it out. That's awesome. I, I think it's a, it's a really useful challenge for me in terms of how do I make sure that we get more customers to understand what's possible? How do we get more customers thinking about, like I think challenging the industry because honestly it's an industry that I've worked in printing, I think just clear of 10 years now. And things just aren't changing that fast in, in the print environment. Um, it's a, it's a slow, steady industry. Um, and so I think having customers to be able to challenge and push for, could this be something better? Could this be something different? I think is a really, a really useful stimulus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the agents, they enjoy being able to print from their phone. They feel like they're one of the techie guys, you know, it's like, oh, you, you IT <laughs> guys, you know, everything you do is on your phone. You unlock doors, you do this, you reboot equipment all from your phone. It's like, now we have the power to send prints, you know, 30 miles away while I'm sitting in my car, you know, and then I'll be able to just to call somebody up and say, I just printed something off the printer, you know, oh, that's pretty cool. How do you do that? So they, they for the, for the folks that like technology, that was a, that was a cool, cool enhancement we gave them. Yeah. Getting that user buy-in kind of quick. So John, thanks so much. It's been really great having you on. Really interesting to learn how you guys have approached um, modernizing the infrastructure and, and dealing with that kind of BYOD element of your user base. I hope that that's been valuable for the listeners. Thank you for listening to this episode um, and catch you next time on the Office Print Visionaries podcast.